0: crossroads of rockland here on wrcr good morning and welcome to crossroads of rockland history on wrcr and wrcr.com i'm claire sheridan from the historical society of rockland county our topic today is the dutch garden in new city the Historical Society of Rockland County is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for original documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a 4-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Blaveld House, located at 20 Zucker Road in New City, New York. It is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland County with the people of Rockland County. We rely on financial support from people just like you. If you're interested in becoming a member of the society or being a volunteer, please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org. Before we begin our program today, I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call in show and we welcome your calls. The phone lines will be open throughout the broadcast, so please call us if you have a comment or a question. Have you ever taken one of the Historical Society's day trips? Tell us about it. Uh, You can visit our website to learn about those at rocklandhistory.org. And today, our phone number here at the uh, radio station is 845-362-0013. That's 845-362-0013. On the south side of the Rockland County Courthouse is a pleasant, almost hidden spot, the Dutch Garden. I'm delighted to welcome my guests today who will help us explore the past, present, and future of this lovely spot. Harriet Cornell and Alan Beers have joined me in the studio for our program today. Welcome, Harriet and Alan, to Crossroads of Rockland History, and thank you for being on the program today. My pleasure. Uh, and before we begin the exploration of the Dutch Garden, uh, please will you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Harriet, why don't you begin?
1: I'm a Rockland County legislator, joined the legislature in 1984 and one of the first things I did was to get involved with the restoration of Dutch Garden.
0: And Alan?
2: I'm the coordinator for the Division of Environmental Resources. I oversee the Parks Department, Environmental Management Council, and Soil and Water Conservation District. We're the Natural Resource Agency for the County of Rockland.
0: So let's begin with the past. Uh, When the Dutch Garden was built, um, what were its origins? Well, actually, uh, there was a
1: 10-acre uh, landfill in the uh, tent just south of uh, the courthouse, and this Board of Supervisors, which ran county government, thought it would be a good thing to utilize the new federal program, the Works Progress Administration, where funding would be available and they could actually um, uh, turn it into something that was beautiful for the county. And they recommended, uh, they knew that there was a woman in New City who they thought was a landscape architect, I think she actually wasn't, but uh, in, in any event her name was Mary Mowbray Clark and they asked her to, uh, to plan something for that spot.
0: And, and let's talk for a moment, uh, if you don't mind, about the Works Progress Administration Project, which is also known as the WPA. Um, can you briefly describe what that was for our listeners? Well, it was a program that had been established
1: uh, by President Franklin Roosevelt uh, following the Depression, And uh, it was really to provide economic relief to the people of the country who were out of work. And uh, there were all kinds of jobs. Uh, I I understand that something like 8 million jobs were created during the period that it was in existence. But it could have been building uh, public buildings, repairing roads, doing roads. But amongst that. Were pro- programs for artists and writers, so this was fell into the artist category. And who was Mary Mowbray Clark? Um, can
0: you tell us a little bit about her?
1: Yeah, maybe Alan, you can refresh my memory. As I said, she was. I know she had some kind of uh, art store uh, in Manhattan, and uh, she had a background of of uh, landscape and gardening. And uh, a, v- a very interesting woman, and obviously had a great uh, understanding of what it was she was being asked to do. Because when she did design her plan for Dutch Garden, it uh, she was sure that it was made of haverstraw brick, which was a great industry in Rockland with fifty different uh, brick. Making companies, and uh, every company had its bricks in that building. But perhaps she, uh, Alan? Yeah, she again.
2: was uh, one of the few landscape architects in the country at that time, back in 1935. And when the uh, Board of Supervisors was uh, given money through the WPA. Uh, they reached out to her the County Board of Engineers actually reached out to her and said look we we need to make improvements to our county properties uh, and we'd like you to build a park on what was a landfill at the time
0: as Harriet described earlier and what were some of her inspirations for this project
1: well as I say I think uh, uh, certainly using the bricks I think that was very important but the history of the county which uh, had been settled by Dutch settlers. So much of uh, the, the the designs that we'll probably talk about really came from the the Dutch history of Dutch garden.
2: There, there was very little money that was uh, given by the federal government to communities so they really required a lot of donations because most of the money that was given uh, had to go towards salaries and she was able to hire these skilled craftsmen who were at that time out of work.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, what types of flowers are found in the Dutch garden?
2: Well, of course you could say tulips because it has the Dutch tradition. Uh, but there were ver- a variety of hostas, uh, astilbes, daisies, lilacs. Um, most of the uh, flowers and planting materials came from the botanical gardens that were found throughout the... Uh, new york connecticut area and also uh, a lot of the local residents in rockin county were very interested in this project and they began to donate some of their own plantings so it was a collection of both botanical plantings and local residence plantings
0: oh that's great um so after she did the design work for the garden obviously the next step was finding the craftsmen and the masons to build it um so tell us a little bit about that
1: well, one of the people she found was an amazing artist and craftsman named Biagio Gugliutsu, and he was living at that time in Garnerville. Uh, he had come from Sicily and actually had worked in New York City and then upstate, uh, I believe in Rochester area, uh, but at this point he was in Garnerville, and uh, They became—they couldn't have been more different in background—but they became very good friends. And uh, Mary would drive every day to Garnerville to pick him up and take him to uh, to Dutch Garden. Um, And then, because they were really seeking to put out of work people to work. Um, It had really an amazing group of people. I just remember there was, I think, a ship's engineer and a variety of different people who became the team. And Biagio apparently understood uh, this craft of carving in brick, which my readings told me that had been done very few times before uh, in Europe. But uh, he taught some of the other uh, people on the team, and they created some of the designs that are currently there. Yeah.
2: Biagio was able to interpret the uh, renderings that uh, um, were done, and he was able to take that and carve it into brick. And as Harriet had mentioned, nowhere else in the United States had that been done before. And when you look at the, the carvings, they're so realistic, they, they almost look like they're a painting.
0: Uh, so tell us a little bit about some of these motifs that they chose. Uh, I know that, um, you know, again, it was a lot of historical figures. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of the motifs that um, they used. Well, I mean, I, I can start with a couple that I
1: remember quite well. But they were uh, figures of the day, like the old Dutch maid on the on the side of a can of of uh, powder, cleansing powder, or uh, Betty Boop. um, And Popeye was another one. And Popeye. There was uh, um, a word that was carved, bestie shop, over the mantle. Uh, For a long time, people thought it meant welcome, but we think it meant progress.
2: Progress, There's also historical figures such as Peter Stuyvesant. And uh, in my readings, uh, they described him as a flamboyant character with a wooden leg. There's also uh, inscriptions of windmills, uh, the Hudson River sloop, the half moon, -moon. which was Henry Hudson's ship. Uh, You'll find roses, lilac decorations, and the pop icons that uh, Harriet had mentioned before.
0: So, Gugliuzzo and his fellow Masons really interpreted and executed Mowbray Clark's dream. And the result for these out-of-work Masons was an incredible amount of work after this project was finished, right?
2: That's correct. The project actually started in the winter. And because you can't pour concrete in the winter, they they did a lot of their layout work and a lot of the carvings and cuttings of the brick and dry laid them in place so that the workers were able to continue to work throughout the winter. And then as soon as spring came, they were able to put the brick in mortar. And make the buildings and structures
1: and it was apparently a very bitter winter in terms of cold but they
0: just worked they worked right through it that's amazing Um, now as the only woman to supervise a project like this of the WPA I find that another important historical aspect to this project. I did, too. I thought it was fascinating
1: uh, that she was uh, the first woman, maybe the only woman, to supervise an outdoor uh, WPA project like that. And uh, she was a very, very
0: interesting person, and uh, I was fascinated by it. Yeah I, I just over the weekend watched a documentary that um, talked a little bit about Peggy Guggenheim and how she was influenced by Mary Bo- Mowbray- Clark. So it's interesting connection Mary. to, you know, uh, how influential she was in so many ways. Um, so in, uh, there were many awards and accolades for the garden once it was unveiled. Can you talk a little bit about these?
1: Well, there certainly were uh, the Better Homes and Gardens, I think, became the garden of the country that, that a particular year. Uh, there were other awards that Alan can mention, but one of the things that was most meaningful to me was that once I was involved with it and started a group called Friends of Dutch Garden to help restore it, I was getting letters from across the country from people who had uh, gotten married in Dutch Garden, uh, held events there. And, of course, we know that people, well-known people like Burl Ives, held concerts there. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, the first lady, came to visit Dutch Garden. Uh, So there were many awards that came as well as that, better homes. Uh, in
2: 1965, it won first place in the annual Civic Beautification Contest, which was sponsored by Sears, Roebuck and Company. And in 1968, it also won a prize for National Award Showcase, a beauty contest, which was sponsored by the Reader's Digest Foundation.
0: And you're listening to WRCR and Crossroads of Rockland History. Our topic today is the Dutch Garden in New City, New York. And my guests are Harriet Cornell, Rockland County Legislator, and Alan Beers from Rockland County's Division of Environmental Resources. If you have a comment or a question, again, please feel free to call us. Uh, our number here is 845 362 0013. That number again is 845 362 0013. So sadly, the garden fell victim to decay and vandalism. And as we know, with so many WPA projects throughout the country, while there were funds to build them, uh, there were fewer or no funds earmarked for upkeep and maintenance. Um, But in 1964, a restoration project was undertaken. Um, And then in 1999, the garden was placed on the National Register for Historic Places, which is important. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, people always ask us at the Historical Society about what it means when you're on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, I thought we'd talk for a moment about that, um, what that means and how that comes Mm to be. I'm going to let,
1: Alan's going to talk about that, but let me just go back to something you said about the restorations. There were community groups over time, the New City JCS, the Clarkstown Garden Club, And I think others that really jumped in to uh, plant things, to maintain things, and uh, uh, I think that that that's very important to recognize how much it meant to the community.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
2: I have one uh, funny story. Uh, When I started back with the county in 1982, one of my first projects, uh, as directed by the Park Commission, was to go over with youthful offenders and do a cleanup of Dutch Garden and it was basically the first time I had been over to the park and I assembled our uh, youthful offenders with shovels and rakes And we met in the courthouse parking lot, and we marched over to the tea house. And I was immediately met with armed guards because the old jail was located right next to uh, the uh, Dutch Garden, and they used that area as a perch to look at the uh, inmates. And they were quite wondering why a bunch of young men with shovels and rakes would be coming so close to where the prisoners were kept. (laughs) (laughs) After, After a little discussion back and forth, they let us go, and we went about our day's work. Uh, But you had mentioned before about the National Register of Historic Places. Uh, It's the United States federal government official listing of districts, sites, buildings, and structures that are worthy of historic preservation. When a property is listed in the National Register or located within a National Register historic district, it may qualify for tax incentives.
0: Right, um, but you know what I always try to tell people is it doesn't guarantee that it that it it won't be torn down or um, it, it really is simply a designation um, that allows for some incentives, but it really is not as protective as I think some people think that it is.
2: It's true, but uh, there are covenants that you have to sign with the state that really offer quite a bit of protection. Uh, We have received uh, funding through the State Historic Preservation Office for the restoration in two phases back in 1990 just to uh, restore the teahouse, which was in danger. The roof was in danger of collapsing and we were able to receive a $50,000 grant to uh, restore the uh, roof of the teahouse. And then more recently, in the uh, later 1990s, we received a Uh, grant the amount of $181,000 to do the project, which was phase two, we called that, which was the main restoration work uh, in the park itself.
1: And a lot of work was done um, with Allen by the Department of Planning filing for the application is quite an onerous uh, and detailed thing. And I know, I remember our, our Arlene Miller and probably others in the planning department spent a lot of time uh, in creating that application.
2: It was a joint application uh, with the courthouse in Dutch Garden at the time.
0: Oh, very good. Um, so right now, we'll start talking a little bit about the present. Um We can see construction fences around on the street side of the garden and some construction vehicles in the fenced area. Tell us what's happening there now.
2: Well, the problem with Dutch Garden, as beautiful as it has been and is, is that there's no access. It's very difficult to get into the the property. And and one major project the County Park Commission always wanted was to acquire property immediately adjacent to the park and create a parking area that would be dedicated for the park and also handicapped access. And fortunately enough, in 2009, uh, through the county's Open Space Acquisition Program, we approached the owner of the property at 31 Main Street, um, and many of the listeners will know that as the Annie's Nails property, and he was agreeable to sell the property to us, and we purchased that property. Unfortunately, with the economic downturn, we were unable to do anything with the property until presently. Uh, We have a contractor on site. The the buildings were demolished last year, but we have a contractor on site right now, and he's going to be uh, creating a parking lot uh, and also handicap accessibility right into the park. And that's going to really open up the park. Uh, there's a walkway that's going to be constructed off Main Street. It'll be an invitation to come into Dutch Garden now.
1: That's and wonderful, also, yeah. many people don't realize when we talk about the garden, uh, uh, the structures that are there. You mentioned the tea house. There's a, a pagoda. There were there were uh, a little pl- platform, a little stage, um, various things. And the walls, the original walls were so beautiful. They were serpentine Uh, walls that were created by Biagio Gugliutsu. and uh, over time with the vandalism people would come, it was, there used to be an old, the post office used to be there and everything behind, people would come at night and sort of knock over, you know, do different things and create havoc. Yeah,
2: I'm glad you brought that up, Harriet, because the, it was impossible for us to recreate the single panel wall uh, that Bagliugo had created or designed, so what we did was we created a double-wide wall, which was two walls side-by-side side with the same layout, exactly as it was originally designed, with a serpentine panel and a flat panel. And that wall uh, is very secure and very sturdy, I can tell you that. That's great.
0: Um, so um, the garden itself and the flowers located there, um, is that overseen by a garden club, or is that is that part of the... the the town or the county.
2: Well, county? the the county parks department uh, okay. does the primary maintenance in that park, but uh, we've also worked with Cornell Cooperative Extension to have their master gardeners uh, help us obtain volunteers to do the real f- fine uh, gardening effort that you do. We're good at. Some things, but when it comes to gardening, you really need somebody that 's got a green thumb
0: right, and I think you know we 've talked about the beauty of the buildings, but you know the garden itself too uh, is so important to this this uh, place I and o- over time, I think
1: uh, the the plantings have changed uh, to make more modern plantings that would uh, survive.
2: Yeah, that's true, and uh, like every other homeowner in Rockin County, we're faced with uh, deer Deer. and woodchucks and rabbits that are constantly nibbling away at the plants. It's a a never-ending battle.
0: It's true. Um, So while this construction's underway um, on the entrance and the... disabled access um is it open for people to visit
2: the park continues to remain open one good thing is this is a a separate property where the construction is being undertaken so there is uh, access that's uh, still from the county courthouse or from the parking lot behind uh, the county office building
0: great um so let's talk about the future um of the dutch garden what what's ahead alan for for the dutch garden
2: well i'm very excited about getting access uh not only because the public is going to be able to gain access but it'll help for the security concerns that we have we'll be able to get our uh, sheriff's department closer to the park and i think that will cut down on any vandalism uh that we've had in the past but the the public is going to really benefit by getting a direct flat level access right into the park off of Main Street.
1: That's great. It's going to be a wonderful place for everybody, including county employees who lunch there, uh, can
0: go there and people who come into New City will be able to enjoy it. Yeah, it really is a beautiful spot, and I'm so happy that there's going to be more access. And uh, will there be some uh, improved signage so people know that it's there?
2: There will be. Right off of Main Street, it'll say entrance to Dutch Garden. We're really excited about the – there'll be a seating area right off of Main Street, and there'll be a pathway that leads right to the park uh, from Main Street so you can walk in, or obviously you could park a car there and walk in that way as well.
0: Wonderful. So, if if people are interested in helping out or. Um you know, learning how they can pitch in on this effort. Is there anything that the public can do? That if
2: anybody like has a green thumb and like to volunteer their time, they can call our office, and we'd be more than happy to uh, work with them.
0: That's great. Maybe a strong back. They don't, know, you know, <laughs> pulling weeds. <That's> true. <laughs> so uh, we'll have that uh, contact information on the website at rocklandhistory.org so people uh, are in, have any interests. Um, so that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests, Rockland County legislator and former chairperson. of the the Legislature, Harriet Cornell, and also thanks to Alan Beers from Rockland County's Division of Environmental Resources. Thank you so much for being here today to talk Dutch. about the Dutch Garden, Thank you, wonderful opportunity. Thank you. Um, I invite our listeners to view a beautiful virtual tour of the Dutch Garden by visiting www.rocklandhistory.org. Talented and award-winning photographer Doris Arden has captured the beauty of the garden in a photographic essay, which we hope you will enjoy. Again, our web address is rocklandhistory.org, and we'd love for you to comment on that, uh, to let us know what you think about virtual exhibitions. We'd love your feedback on our website, our Facebook page, or Twitter. Uh, And again, we will have information about how to reach Alan Beers on our website as well. I hope you will tune in to the next Crossroads of Rockland History on Monday, July 21st, right after the Steve and Meredith Show at 10.10 a.m. Our topic will be the great books about Rockland County history. Summer's almost here. Do you have a great summer read to recommend that includes the history of Rockland County? Let us hear about it. Please join us for this fun and lively discussion. That's July 21st at 10.10 a.m. I want to thank so many of you for attending uh, tried to
1: make me go
0: am That's okay. Um, I just want to say uh, that we do have our guided walk to Ringwood Manor and Long Pond Airworks coming up in July, and that will be a lot of fun. So please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org to learn all about all of our day trips, walks through history and history in your own backyard. Our web address, again, is rocklandhistory.org, and our telephone number is 845-634-9629. And, of course, as I mentioned, please visit uh, us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I'm Claire Sheridan. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and (laughs) wrcr.com.